DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to talk BYU basketball with assistant coach Chris Burgess. Chris, good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. I, see, I hear it in your voice. How are you guys doing? Can you get through one of these without PK torturing you in some fun way? If that's not an oxymoron, I've never heard one. But <laughs> No, I'm excited. Let's do this. Okay. Hey, uh, I was on his thing where they did that uh, on the coach's yeah, show, yeah. man. Did, were you stunned you when you, you saw my ugly face there? <laughs> I thought you did. No, it was really. First of all, those those deep blues that you know BYU TVD are really cool. They really uh, are. You know, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen a couple of players, and um, it's just they're fun. They're fun, and I, I thought I thought the one that was, you know, the one that I was on was really well done. And PK, I thought you did a great job kind of explaining the whole thing. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was yeah, really well done. I was, and that's the first time I watched it, and I was very impressed. They called me up, came out to my house, set up for yeah. like forty five minutes. And, yeah, yeah. I, I was very impressed with the professionalism. And then when I watched it, I thought, wow, this stuff is really cool. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. They did a good job. I thought you did a good job. That Randy was really cool. And so it just was, it was well put together. So I got a lot of questions about the BYU basketball program. But I think the first yeah. one, and I think it's one that a lot of people have, uh, and you transferred as a player, so you know what it's like to be in one program, go to another place, and everybody's got a different yeah. way of doing things, and the lingo's different, and there's all these people with personal relationships in place, and you got to try to fit in. And yet it seems yeah. like, now if we fast forward to this team, you know, Tulson, Jake Tulson was really important for you at UVU. And he fit yeah. in, and he led, and now he comes in, he's got one year to do that at BYU, and it seems like he's doing it seamlessly. How does how yeah. how I think he's really important. How important do you see him, and how has he done it so seamlessly in this first year? Um, first of all, he was WAC Player of the Year at Utah Valley for us, and he's been doing this for a couple of years now. And so he fits in with with the way Coach Pope is in terms of how he coaches, his mindset, um, the saltiness in the gym, both that he brings in terms of leadership. And, and a chip on his shoulder, and, and from day one, um, even if he didn't play a game for us here at BYU, he was going to help this team strictly with his voice in the locker room because um, he's a leader. Um, he's got some swagger to him, that some confidence that he brings that um, it rubs off on the players, and, 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 and it carries into the game. Um, obviously, he's a shot maker. I think when his Peter said, I think he's one of the best shooters in college basketball, and his numbers prove that. Uh, when he's coming off screens or he's off the bounce, catch and shoot, like it's amazing how well he can shoot the ball. But he works really, really, really hard. He's a gym rat. You know, it runs in his family that Toulson and the Angels and things like that. He's just he's a gym rat. Um, and the guys, you know, you know, he knew some of these guys before he got here because you know he played with I think Dalton Nixon and and and, the, and, and I think he knew TJ for. But at the same time, you know, Utah Valley is three and a half miles away, and he plays pickup or probably works out with the same. Um, you know, runs in the same crew kind of during the summertime or the off season, so he's known the guys. So the transition was really it was pretty seamless, just because he knew Pope, he knew the guys. He, you know, his dream school has always been BYU, and he wanted to show everybody that what he's been doing at Utah Valley the last few years. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly done that. He's obviously been a great addition, and it certainly has helped that he was with you guys over there, and so it was somewhat of a seamless transition. I wanted to talk yeah. about Mark Pope because he has bringing, he's bringing a lot of energy. Now, he's got seven seniors, so there's some talent yeah. there, but you've been with Mark as he built 
Utah Valley, and then he's taken BYU up to another level. And if I were to ask you, which I'm going to, how would you describe yeah. or why would you say Mark Pope is a good coach? What were some of the reasons you would give us? And there's a lot of them, but the first thing I say is he cares about his players. Um, he wants them to be successful. Um, he cares about. I mean, he's constantly thinking about each player, how we can grow their game, how they're going to fit into our offense, how they're going to fit into our defense, how we're going to make them successful. We're not going to fail them. So it's not like he's just thinking about the top guys, or let's just say Yoli, Jake, or TJ. He's thinking about one through seventeen, and he's and he's a coach that gives you confidence. I always explain to guys, whether they're recruits or whether they're current players, like his mindset when he's coaching these kids in terms of instilling confidence is <clears throat> like. If you don't shoot that shot that's open, you're coming out. As opposed to coaches, you know, we've been around in the past that, like, if you miss that shot, you're coming out, right? <laughs> so these guys shoot the ball knowing that it, it's the right shot. It's within the offense. It's a good shot. It's an open shot. I, I, I'm going to shoot with confidence, and I can go 0 for 10, but as long as I, uh, you know, I own it, I shoot it, and it's the right shot, it, 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 I'm allowed to do that. So these guys don't feel paralyzed out there. Um, he brings an energy Every single day in practice, one thing he always talks about as we meet as a staff is like, let's, you know, let's bring some joy to this gym today. Um, and, and sometimes it, it, it's easy when you're winning and things are going well. But, you know, let's just say in February you're coming off a loss. It's, it's, it's a huge, it's a long grind. And he's still talking about bringing joy to this gym. So the guys, so our job is, as a staff is, is to bring some joy, some energy and some juice to this gym. So that these guys can fill it and they can feed off us as a staff. And so, um, and then he, and he cares about this program. He understands what like BYU program means to the, to the state, to the fans, the alumni. And so he cares about it. He, you know, he's in the office constantly working, reaching out to alumni, reaching out to uh, the boosters, trying to make them feel like this is like you guys are part of this, right? So I think he's just kind of the full package um, when it comes to a head coach running a program. So when, and, and like you said, it helps. We got seven players. We got some really good talent: Yoli, Jake, TJ, Dahl, Zach. Like we understand that too. So when you guys were at UVU, uh, UVU's mm-hmm. place in the basketball pecking order, you had to bring in. You weren't going to get a lot of superstar freshmen, so you had to bring yeah. in a lot of transfers and meld them with the freshmen you did get. Now BYU doesn't have a history of getting a lot of transfers, but college basketball is changing. And you certainly brought in transfers year one, obviously Toulson, uh, Barcelo coming yeah. in. Do you think that's going to be a trend going forward? Are we going to see a transfer or two every year or maybe more than that? Um, I think it is. I do. I think like you, you talked about it. It's, it's a trend. Um, college basketball, I think there's anywhere from seven to 900 college basketball transfers a year. The portal um, is a big deal in terms of, you know, there's, there's no blocking or kids can go wherever they want. Um, if they transfer, there's, uh, there's opportunities to kind of get a waiver like Alex Barcelo to play right away. Like, listen, we're going to chase the best freshmen that we th- think are going to fit our program that are going to help us win. You know, we got a team like Gonzaga that's getting one and done now, right? And we understand that, um, for us to win, we got to get the best players. And so if that's a freshman, if that's a junior college kid, if that's a transfer like Barcelo or Jake, like we're going to chase those guys, you know, and, and we and, and that's what we're going to do. I think that it worked for us at UVU. We still chase some high school kids. We just never landed the ones um, that we felt could come in right away and help us, right? There, you know, we just we didn't. So we always, you know, hadn't signed anybody early. And when April came around, the best ones that are available were either D1 transfers or or JUCO kids, and that's that's kind of the, the model and the formula 
that we that we went with. And I think, you know, we feel pretty good about the kids we signed, the two kids we signed in November of 2019. That that'll, one will be here this year, one's going on mission, and we're also going to be on on the NCAA portal, and we're going to be chasing we're chasing some seniors right now. And we're going to we're looking at some JUCO kids. We're just trying to get the best kids because Gonzaga is really good. They're really stinking good, and, and that's and that's what we feel we've got to compete with to to win a WCC, whether regular season or tournament championship. So, so I don't I don't see it. I, I think the only thing I can say is we're going to chase the best players that that can fit in here, that want to be here. They're going to help us win. Helping you win is obviously what you did there with Baxter coming back, and he could have sat out, got yeah. the whole year back, but now he's back. And I'm guessing that he's not coming back just to play a few spot minutes or garbage time. Yeah. What do you foresee yeah. for him going forward? Um, he's going to help us. He adds depth. He adds a different dimension. Um, I think it's pretty well known that, you know, in terms of, like, we're a big analytical numbers team. Where we really struggle is um, rim protection and offensive rebounding. I think he's going to bring that element. It's going to take some pressure off Yoli, um, who's getting two guys to box him out. Um, on the on, on the offensive glass, so he's going to bring that. He's just got to like I don't want to say he's like a return missionary type protocol, but he's just got to get himself, you know, back in shape, in flow with the offense, in flow with the defense. Um, you know, his body moving, cutting, and things like that. Like I've been able to kind of do individual workouts with him uh, over the last couple months, uh, but no contact. He got cleared about a couple, not a week and a half ago, to do some contact. So he's just still in this, you know, early stages of getting his confidence back. And himself like the other night you know there was a shot that was taken and, you know the old Gavin or the Gavin before his injury would have you know sent that to the third row right and he was just a step later a half second half second late six inches low from blocking it and then you know there's a couple shots in the offense where he, he didn't even look at the rim right so he's just got to get more comfortable and it's going to take that first basket at that first block or that first man's rebound where he's going to start believing and then when he does right he's going to work himself back into this lineup because again he adds depth he allows us to, uh, to, you know, especially come WCC tournament, where we're either going to play two or three games in three days, um, and so he's going to add another dimension. And we're excited about him. He's all in. He wants to play. So the redshirt year is done, and, and we expect him to be a part of this um, this run we're trying to make. I think without question, this is best BYU defensive team we've seen in several years, probably at least five, maybe longer than that. Yeah. Uh, maybe you haven't been as good the last couple of weeks as you were in December and most of January, but still, on the whole, this is pretty good. How have you gotten so many guys to buy in and elevated the defensive level of this team? Yeah, um, well, the day, first day we got here, I remember when I got the job here, Cody Feger and I were sitting with Coach, and and we were looking at last year's team and some of the numbers behind guarding spot ups, guarding the three point line, and and certain things were like we got work to do. Like they were, you know, bottom half or bottom fifteen percent and guarding the spot ups or guarding ball screens or guarding the roll man. And so we kind of looked at all the numbers in the film and there. So that was the first thing we talked about, and that was the first thing coach said we got to get these guys. So we were very fortunate to have that European trip, and we started working with them every single day, and we just kind of started holding them accountable. And um, and but we worked on footwork every single day with our strength coach and everything he was doing in the weight room around the agility was, was translated to, to the court. And I think that really helped. And then, it, and then it took, you know, like we got energy guys like Zach Sellis and Dalton and they're taking charges and they're doing things that, that, that make you want to guard. And, you know, like you said, the last few games, there's, you know, we, we there's some, been some 80 point games. And if you look at like, uh, you know, the Ken Palm analytics, like we're like this off offense, conference, you know, Gonzaga's ranked number one in adjusted offense. We're ranked fifth. St. Mary's ranked 12th. 
Um, San Francisco's ranked in the top 100, and then Pepperdine's right there. So we played some really offensive-minded teams, but we also know, like, if we want to go where we want what we want to do, we know we can score. We know we can shoot with anybody. We know we can score 80 points, 85 points, but there's just going to be a game, and it's probably going to be on the road or in the West Coast Conference Tournament. We're, we're going to have to rely on our defense, and we're going to have to get some stops. So we're, we're keenly aware and focused in on our defense these last couple of weeks, and even though you know we gave up 76 points, um, San Francisco, we felt like we really guarded in the first half. We just got to put, we just got to put two halves together because Gonzaga's coming in a couple weeks, and that's an offensive juggernaut. And we know to beat them, we're gonna have to guard. So, but the guys are buying in; they're being held accountable. We got good depth. with guys don't want to guard, or guys don't want to box out, or guys don't want to keep their men in front, we're just gonna take them out. Or we're gonna put dudes in there that, that want to do that because we got so many guys who can score. That's not our issue. Um, our issue is staying locked in on the defensive end, whether we're up 20 or we're up 2 or down 10. Has Mark Pope ever had a bad day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, 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 there's good days, there's bad days, but when yeah, <laughs> that's a great question. It always seems that. like he's just brimming with optimism and confidence and the sun is shining even when <laughs> it's snowing. <laughs> he's got a lot of energy, man. He, he's got a lot of energy. He, he loves what he does. And he feels really, really fortunate to be around these kids um, and get to do what he, you know, what he does for a living. So, um, it, you know, it's infectious. And he tries, and, he, and I think he does that to try to, like I said, bring joy and juice to this gym. He's got to start with us as a staff and him as head coach. So does he, when things get really down, does he just rage in the office with the staff and then he just locks in a little box and when he pops out to the media or to the players, it's all sunshine again? Um, a little bit of everything, man. He's a genius. He's a, he's a mad scientist. He's a genius out there. So, you know, he knows he knows there's the time to, to dig in, to get after it and to focus. And then he knows when it's time to, to meet with the guys or the energy he needs to bring to the guys or the message he needs to bring to the guys. It's very, very calculated in what he does. Um, that's why he's really good, and that's why these kids, uh, these, these men on our team, um, love playing for him and love being coached by him because uh, whether the message, like you talk about, is like energy or sunshine or whatever, yeah, there's there's days where that, that message is not is not all like that. Right? He knows how to get these guys to focus, get these guys to understand what it takes to be a champion. And when you're looking at your head coach and he's won a national championship at the high, you know, play at the highest, highest level, um, there's some credibility that these players know. Um, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's been there. He's won. He knows how hard it is to be a championship team. And coach is trying to get these guys not to just think about making the NCAA tournament. Like, that's not like coach's goal. Coach's goal is to win games in the NCAA tournament, right? And, and yeah. to be a team in the NCAA tournament. So he's trying to get our guys, our players, to wrap their minds around, like, stop worrying about selection Sunday. Like we're, tr- like, we're, we're trying, you know, we're trying to be in the second, the third week of, of, of the tournament. And so once these guys, and it's scary to say that, right? But once yeah. these guys start to believe what he believes, then, then you're doing your job as a coach. Right. So the way I look at it, He's either stupid enough or smart enough to believe that this team can have success in the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure which one, yeah. but I know yeah. it's either or, and the bottom line yeah. is he believes it. He believes it. He believes it. He, he, he talked a lot in the last five years I've worked with him. That tell us what you know. Tell us what we can't do. Tell us what we can't do, and let us go do it. I think he brought it up in his press conference and. You know, from day, you know, I remember he got the UBU job. They were like, man, you cannot play BYU. You can't go in there and win. Don't do that. You know what? Went and then did it. 
we beat him, right? And so he's all about tell us what we can't do. And so um, don't tell him that. Don't tell him we can't win games in the tournament because that's just going to fuel and fire him up even more. Well, we like it when the local teams win games and tournaments, so I'm just going to start telling. Heck yeah. Yeah, it, Pope, you, you mean, got no clue, man. <laughs> right. You're an idiot. Hey, Rudy Gobert, you can't block a shot. Mark Pope, yeah, you can't right. win an NCAA game. Right. <laughs> Give me a list. Yeah, what else you got? I'll fire anybody five up. Five stars. We get some five stars. That's what we need, some five-star recruits. <laughs> well, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, you talk about uh, Mark Pope winning at the highest level. I think there's somebody yeah. over there like you who won pretty high level too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was very fortunate to play some great teams, um, won multiple championships in terms of conference, you know, whether it was Mount West, two ACCs. I think I had two Mount West, two ACCs, and went to a few NCAA tournaments and won some games, went to a national championship game, lost like three. Uh, but I've also played, you know, I'm, I'm working alongside Coach Pope and also Nick Robinson, you know, was, we played at the highest level at Stanford. That was number one seed uh, back in the early 2000s, too. So we, we got some we got some guys on this, this, this staff that – you know, I've been there. I understand the sacrifices and how hard it is, man. The thing is, the thing that the thing is really hard about coaching is get these guys to understand how hard it is. Even with players like Elton Brand or Shane Batty next to you, it's still so stinking hard. I remember the eight nine game we played was still we played Oklahoma State with Gottlieb and um, oh man, I can remember the athlete who played for uh, the Raptors anyway. And I remember that game just being so hard. So winning is really hard. It's really hard, and it's our job to get these guys to to understand that and to believe and, and, and to just put their lives aside just for a second, to put their lives aside, and, and especially you seven seniors, because in about four or five, six weeks, it's over. It's over. When you talk about putting lives aside, you want guys to embrace these big moments in their life, but it's just really different, and especially at BYU, maybe at a few other local yeah. schools as well, but so many yeah. married guys, sometimes parents, obviously the T.J. Haas is out, the story is out yeah. there. You know, he and his wife became parents. And it's really hard to put that stuff aside. That, that's major stuff in it life. Is. Yeah, obviously, and academically too. I mean, BYU is a you know, high standard in terms of the amount of work it is there. But, yeah, we, we still, we, we, we are, like, I'm telling you, that's, that's the message we tell these guys. Like, hey, still be good husbands. You can still be good fathers. Still be good sons, um, but just there's no rationalizing it. You just need to focus. Like you know, you, you need to be here early. You need to get the treatment on your body. You need to get home. You need to get rest. Stay off your feet. You don't need to be doing anything else. Like get your studies done, do your tutors, all this stuff. Get to class. Like it's six weeks, eight weeks, and it's over. And and and, and some of you are gonna have a chance to play after this, but some of you like the, you know there's you never know if you're gonna have another meaningful basketball game. You know, and I'm not counting board ball. It's not meaningful, but, you know, and so it's hard because every single one of these seniors for their whole lives, a season ends and a new season begins. And there's going to be a point where, like, that doesn't happen, and it's going to be really weird, and you're not going to understand it. So that's what we're saying. Hey, just these next six weeks, be good at do all stuff. But, like, this team, this, this, this team and these games and the scouts and the personnel and all these things we're, we're, we're giving you guys need to be, you know, number one, you know, number one. And, and if you do that, like there, there's this this this, this, this magic that that happens in um, these memories. Like even on my like my Duke teams and my Utah teams, you, you I mean you guys talk. I mean Brent John, like we're the closest of friends, and we talk about the championships we won. You know, 20 years later, you know we, we feel like these old guys reminiscing. But it, it's true. You don't you don't you forget about all the crazy stuff that happened throughout the season. You you remember the the championships and the net cutting. You remember these things, and so. You don't remember like the aches and pains and the injuries, or you know, obviously we talk about Majerus's crazy things he would say, but 
Um, you remember the championship. So that's what we're trying to get our guys to do. Just edit out your lives a little bit. Just edit them out. You can still be good people, but if you lock in, like there's something magical that can happen. If Britton was that good of friends with you, he wouldn't show up in red blur from <laughs> head to toe outside oh, man. the Marriott Center. Alert. Yeah, I was proud of Spencer, though. Spencer Nelson came in here and was very neutral. Um, but Britton walked out in like some fleece. It was a fleece. I can't even know. It was just, oh, he, that was hilarious. I made it take it off, though. I was like, do you or do you take that off? <laughs> he's, he's great. He, like, did you expect anything less, though? Like, if people, I should post that picture on Twitter, but um, you wouldn't expect anything less. Chris, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Chris Burgess, BYU assistant basketball coach.